Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey everyone, I want to let you all know that my very first book, The Path of an Eagle, How to Overcome and Lead After Being Knocked Down is just around the corner from launching into the world. You can pre-order a copy right now wherever you are in the world. Just head to the link in the show notes below in order to get your own copy. It's available in Kindle, hardcover, and it will soon be available in audiobook, which I will be narrating. I'm very excited about that. Uh, But hope you guys can get a copy. Hope you support the show, myself, and yourself as well, because that's what the, the book is really, really speaking to. Thank you all very much. All right, time to enjoy the show. There is a story for everyone here, because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybox together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Hey, my friends, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Storybox. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Logan McRae. Now, for those of you that don't know who he is, he stars as the protagonist's brother, Jody Clark, in Sony's highly anticipated film, Where the Crawdads Sing, which hit theaters in July or July 15th of this year, actually. It is actually based on the best selling novel by Delia Owens. The heartbreaking coming-of-age story follows Kaya Clark, played by Daisy Edgar-Jones, who finds herself a subject in a surprising tale of possible murder. And if that interests you at all, I encourage you to go and watch the movie. But if you are more of a nerd like myself and you want to read the book, definitely go and read the book. It is a page-turner. Logan will also be seen in Apple TV's crime thriller series Blackbird with Taron Egerton, uh, set to premiere globally, which already uh, released uh, released on July 8th, actually, of this year on Apple TV. He portrayed uh, Conrad Nicky Hilton Jr. in Devotion alongside Glenn Powell and Jonathan Majors. And he recently wrapped production on Amazon's Primes, The Burial with Tommy Lee Jones and Jamie Foxx. Outside of acting, though, Logan has attracted a lot of attention in the fashion world. Not only has he made waves by walking the runway, he has also starred in brand campaigns such as Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger, 
and has graced the folds of many high-end fashion magazines, just to name uh, but a few. Uh, Logan is incredibly smart and he's a very talented individual. We did this conversation when he was in, I believe, New York. He was in a, um, a hotel suite. And unfortunately for myself, I had to go because I'm in the middle of launching my very first book which means that my time is rather limited, but I still wanted to speak with Logan and get this episode out for all you guys. I hope that you all enjoy uh, the conversation that I have with Logan. It's quite diverse and quite broad, uh, but also really it's quite short, So, but it packs a, a mighty punch at the same time. So anyway, my friends, I hope that you get something from it and that you share it around to your friends and your family. I think there is so much more to Logan's story and I might even have him on uh, at a later date. You never know. Um, but yeah, go and see where the crawdads sing if you're interested in that and buy the book too. Uh, also, don't forget that my very first book, The Path of an Eagle, How to Overcome and Lead After Being Knocked Down, is now available for pre-order. The pre-orders go a long, long way, my friend, so I would be enormously grateful and appreciative if you guys could actually pre-order a copy of the book. It's available wherever books are sold, but to make it easy for you, links for it will be in the show notes below. Um, but yeah, I hope that you guys can get a copy of it. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into the story box as we listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, and the story of none other than Logan McRae. Thank you very much, Jay. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you here, man. You are quite a versatile individual. So you're going from fashion to acting, which I don't think is a very easy thing to do. But nonetheless, uh, I'm very keen to actually dive into that in just a moment. But before we do, my very first question for you, man, is what does success look like for you? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I, I, I think I look at successes, you know, I, I kind of look back at my past self and I make sure that I'm improving in different aspects of my life. Um, I don't think, you know, and especially, especially in the worlds that I work in, the second I start looking at other people, I can get pretty down on myself about certain things very easily. And especially with Instagram and everything else, you know, I think everybody thinks everyone lives a fabulous life. So I know the best way to kind of look at that is just compare it to where I was in past years and whatnot and take it from there. So dealing with comparison syndrome, I guess, and this is something that I've struggled with for quite some time and I'm, I'm 25, so I'm still really young, but how have you been able to navigate comparison syndrome in your own life? Um, I, I think it's just awareness, honestly. Um, you just have to be very, very careful and aware when you're kind of slipping in those cracks and, you know, making assumptions that you don't necessarily know everything about somebody else's life. Um, but it's very easy to, because we all have this facade that's put on for social media and whatnot, that everybody can jump to these conclusions that everything's perfect. So I really just try to be very, very self-aware and not, you know, not judge or jump to any conclusions without knowing someone. Yeah, that, that's a good point to raise, actually. It, it's the awareness is, I think, the most difficult part of it all, like actually being aware that you are comparing yourself. Because in in essence, for me as well, when I'm looking at someone on social media, like I, I kind of get into that trap, like I get down into this, this wormhole, so to speak. 
And I guess stopping myself from doing it, like the awareness gets me to stop it, but actually getting to that awareness is tricky. <laughs> um, do you have like any, any advice at all, like from your, from your experience? Um, you know, I don't know if there's necessarily like a practice or something that I have in place. You know, I, I think that I just try to revert back to myself when I kind of catch myself slipping and I feel a little bit down. And I think I revert back to what are those things that I try to do on a daily basis that put me in the right mindset to, you know, kind of accomplish goals and go after things. And, you know, if I'm focusing on those things, I'm not focused so much on what everybody else is doing. I'm focused on what I'm doing. So focusing on what you're doing right now, which is acting, I wanted to go back a little bit because what was the career trajectory like? Did you always want to be an actor growing up? No, you know, I, it's funny. I, I, I did a, I did a play and I don't even know how young I was when I did this play. And I even had a conversation with my parents a little bit about it recently. My parents were like, Oh yeah, you did do that. Didn't you? Like, it was one of those things that like, it was so not like on anybody's radar. Cause it was so far, like giving a base baseball reference, but like in left field a little bit, like it totally was not what anybody was expecting me to do. And I, and I grew up in a family that was very like sports and, you know, very stereotypical, like small town America type thing. And so the theater and acting and all that stuff wasn't really on my radar. Um, and then it was, it, a lot of it had to do with, you know, me moving to New York city. And I think once you move to a big city, the things that you're exposed to and, you know, the people that you meet and everything else, you kind of start wondering like, oh, hey, that one track narrow, like, you know, lifestyle isn't exactly the way that everybody's growing up. So um, I ended up falling into it while I was in New York modeling is how I found it. So tell me about the transition from where you grew up in New, New Orleans, right? And you No, actually, I, I grew up in Colorado. Ah, Colorado. So you went from Colorado to New Orleans and then from New Orleans to New York. Is that right? Uh, so I actually went Colorado uh, to New York and then New York to New Orleans. So yeah, right now I'm bouncing between New York and New Orleans. So yeah. So why did you decide to go to New York and not LA? Um, it was actually, it was very funny. It was, it was a, it was a family thing, really. Um, my, my father grew up on the East coast and, um, I had, um, some, I had my grandmother and some other, um, relatives in New Jersey. And so I actually went my first summer in New York, which was basically New Jersey. I, I lived with my grandmother in New Jersey and I just took the train in and out of the city whenever I had to. So it, it was a convenience thing. It was a, a free place to stay for a summer. And then that summer turned into 12 years in New York. So yeah, I, I got out of, I got out of grandma's basement and, uh, you know, moved into the city after a summer, I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this like in New York, New York. So tell me about how hard was it for you in terms of getting, getting roles? Was it a tricky scenario or was it, did you find it a lot easier than other people? You know, I, it's something that I tell everyone, it's so funny when you're to the point where, you know, these things are booking, these things are coming out and all that stuff is everybody somehow forgets that I've been trying to do this for eight, 10 years. And like, you know, there was all that stuff that, you know, nothing happened in all those years. So 
it's something that I, I actually remind a lot of people of is it's a grind, you know, it really, really is a grind. And it's something I think the reason, part of the reason why I think there are a lot of people that are not successful in this is because you are not seeing the results from all of the work that you put into it for such a long, long period of time. And especially in the world we live in now, everyone's looking for some form of like instant gratification that that's not what this is. You know, those, those stories that, you know, people are being discovered and being in this next big movie and everything else, like the chances that they've done nothing ever. And then all of a sudden they're just, you know, a, a superstar is, I don't think they're completely true, you know, or they're very, very rare circumstances. Yeah. Those ones are few and far between these days. And because so many people are actually wanting to get into the market, it's becoming like really, really competitive. So you got to be this outstanding figure and those people that are getting quote mega famous, like your Chris, Chris Hemsworth or your Chris Pratt, like they also forget that they had to start from the very bottom as well. Uh, and they forget like, you know, they, they often see the the top of the iceberg. They don't see what's un, un, underneath, even for those people that quote got uh, found and, and they're really, really famous or big these days. Um, but what kept you going, man? Like what kept you going during that 10 year period? I, you know, part of it is just, I don't know, craziness. I, I don't really know what, you know, part of it was like, looking back, I'm like, I don't know why I didn't quit. And I think that I, I, I still have days that I want to quit. Um, but I think part of it was, you know, I was lucky that I did have, income from the modeling source, which, you know, I mean, that I, I'm a lucky, I'm lucky in that instance where some people just don't have that option and they're truly like waiting tables and stuff just to get their shot. But, you know, I was of the camp where I had that coming in and then, you know, it, it's another thing too, where it's just always been very, very hard for me to quit things. I, you know, I, I don't know what it is or something ingrained in me that whether I, I look at myself as a failure or whatever, but I just haven't, I just don't quit easily for some reason. Have you always been like that? Um, you know, there was this instance growing up that I actually did quit a sport and it was, you know, partially my own doing partially like the influence of my dad. And I remember my dad sat me down years later and he was like, you know, I regret that. Right. And it was very funny because I, I regret quitting the sport too, because it was something I really enjoyed, but it was just kind of a bad scenario of like team and coach and stuff like that, that I, I guess I was kind of shown the idea of quitting at like 13, which is, you know, we don't, we don't really catch on to what that does to us. But when you look back on it and you can kind of analyze it throughout the years, you realize like it, maybe that was a rash decision. And, you know, I think, when you're in the moment, especially in the moment of wanting to quit, it's probably because things are not going your way. And, you know, I think if we kind of pull back and kind of go to more of a macro scale, we realize that, hey, it's 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 not as bad as you think it actually is. How do you view rejection today? Uh, you know, today, I think I look at it as there's going to be another opportunity, you know, no matter what you're doing, the chances that this was your one shot is pretty slim, you know, unless you're trying to like, I don't know, be an astronaut or something, but like <laughs> other than that, I think, I think you're going to have another chance to do whatever you're trying to do in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I can, I can relate to 
like for me growing up, I used to start something and then more than likely I'd probably give up if it got too difficult. But now as I'm getting older, I realize the importance of sticking with something. And my grandfather used to say to me, if you do a job, give it your all, give it, be excellent, give you 110% if you can until it actually gets done. Like don't start something unless you're going to actually finish it. Whereas before I'd start something and just, you know, forget it. But nowadays I'm like, hopefully a little bit more wiser. And then I, I lean more into rejection these days because I noticed that it actually gets me to where I actually need to be rather than where I, where I want to be. And they're two different things where I need to be is actually a lot better for me than when I actually want to be, <laughs> which is yeah, a funny conundrum. Yeah. And I also think that like, Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Like, you know, quitting something... It, it, it's a muscle too, that I think, you know, once you quit something, it becomes easier to quit something else. And like, it becomes a very slippery slope that you have to be, you know, it goes back to kind of that awareness thing that if you don't watch yourself, it, it you're going to quit everything on some level, you know? Well, you're not really building that resilience muscle or you're not really persevering in any, any such instant instance. I often look at it like you've got to be persistent to get something that you actually want and eventually it's going to happen, but you, you're always going to be exactly where you need to be, but you're chasing something that you, you want eventually, but persistence is what's going to help you build that resilience muscle. It's going to build that pers perseverance. I call them my, my like five P's, right? So, uh, persistently practice prayer with patience and perseverance and you will be okay. Uh, that's the ultimate example of life for me. <laughs> that's, yeah, I could be completely wrong. Very true. It's, it's, it's that consistency thing. You know, I think the, the more consistent you are, the more you keep trying and everything else it's, you know, it really is kind of just that, you know, you kind of keep hitting the wall until, you know, eventually the wall breaks and it will, but it might take a thousand times, but it's, it's, it's going through the process of those thousand times. Yeah. I always look at it as, you know, I, I, I take improv classes and I still take improv classes and I honestly suggest to anyone across the spectrum, even if you have no interest in acting or anything else to take an improv class, because it's something that it puts every single person, no matter how good you are outside of your comfort zone. And you will see the results from an improv class almost immediately. And it, they're weird results too, because it's a, it's a muscle that you're working throughout the process that you walk out of that class and all of a sudden you're just like quicker about things and you're firing these neurons and everything that you never have before that like, you know, I'll be shooting the shit with friends and like after an improv class, somebody will say something and I am so quick and like witty right back to them after an improv class. But it's just because I worked all those muscles that it, it, it's really is a, a good practice to work through that kind of exercise. 
did you find that, okay, so you being a model to some degree, then transitioning to being an actor, acting in this new film where the crawl dad sing, did you, and doing all the improv classes, did you find that helped you build that confidence to go in and, and not be nervous or were you nervous still? The nerves are definitely there. Um, and I think the nerves are probably always going to be there. It's just a matter of feeling it, you know, it's a matter of being in that situation before knowing how that situation is going to go. And I think a lot of actors always speak of like set experience and like set, set experience is so vital because it's hard to get, you have to, you have to book something to have set experience. And once you have that set experience, you can go on to another set with that experience and build off of it. So, um, it helps. I think the improv helps. It puts you in like kind of awkward situations that you're uncomfortable with and it teaches you how to work through that. So I think that anything that puts you in a difficult situation that you have to work through is, is, is going to help you improve. So how did you end up getting the role in where the crawdads sing? Um, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, my agent was just looking out for me. I, I actually auditioned for a different role in the movie first Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and people don't realize there's so many processes, there's so many things that, you know, just because you don't get a role doesn't mean that you had a bad audition or anything else, because, you know, if I hadn't had a decent enough audition the first time around, they never would have sent the audition for something else. So, you know, there's, there's small wins that kind of accumulate that people don't realize are actually there. So, um, yeah, so I did the, the second audition they sent me was for Kaya's brother, Jody. And uh, looking back at it, you know, I, I, I was so not right for what the other role was. And I was so right for who Jody was as a person that it was kind of the perfect match. You're going to have to help me. Is Jody a main character in the film? So Jody is the lead Kaya's brother is who he is. So yeah, he, um, you know, he, he plays a, a pretty significant role in her life and has a lot to do kind of in a very crucial moment in the film of kind of helping raise her back up and, you know, him coming back into the film, back into her life is a significant part of the story without, you know, saying too much for anyone that hasn't seen it. <laughs> we love spoilers on this, this show. Right Who doesn't love a spoiler? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying that because I love spoilers. Um, my audience <laughs> might not, so sorry. <laughs> uh, no, and, and I don't think it gives anything away, but it is, it is, it is a, um, an important part of the storyline that I think, um, you know, a lot of people cared about, especially those that, you know, were big fans of the story from the book. Yeah, it is a pretty popular book. Uh, every time I walk into a local bookstore, it's pretty much on display. Like, and I think the movie right. helped amplify it. So, I mean, for you, how much, how much you actually in the movie? Like, we're talking nearly every scene or the majority. No, not nearly every scene. You know, Kaya, Kaya has love interests in the story who are kind of her, like, you know, who are the other, like, the other leads of the film or her two love interests. And then, um, you know, I'm one of the other significant supporting cast that is part of her family and then part of this, you know, like I said, this coming together thing at the end, basically. Did you find that, being able to play a role in this film helped you book other gigs? Um, I don't know. I think, you know, it's a funny thing where you don't know how much it helps. 
Um, I think it will definitely help. I mean, this is a, a film that, you know, based on box office numbers, it has more than exceeded expectations and, you know, has become very popular. So I think on that front, none of it can hurt. And then, you know, the other side of it too is a lot of my scene work and everything is with Daisy Edgar Jones, who is, you know, obviously this phenomenal actress, but it's also great as an actor to be able to play opposite somebody of that scale, which says something probably on a bigger scale than just playing opposite of, you know, some other random actor. <laughs> Are you happy? I am. You know, it was, it was, it was such a crazy process. And, you know, I actually had a, a chance to talk to Daisy and she said something after the premiere, which I thought was very interesting. And she was like, this is just, she's like, it's just such a grand scale because this is such a massive, massive movie for Sony. And I never really thought about it that way where you're looking at this person and I'm like, well, she's this huge star. And she's saying she's never experienced anything of this scale. And in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there being like, oh man, like I, you know, like when is it ever going to happen again type of thing? Cause we just never know that I, I really just tried to enjoy all of it. Cause I, it, it, it really, really was a blockbuster release for Sony this summer. So it was cool to experience something that, that large. What is your dream role? Ooh. Um, you know, I have been asked this before and I don't know if I have like this specific, like, you know, this is exactly what I want. Um, there's two different directions. I'll take it like superhero direction and then I'll take <laughs> it like just a generic role. Superhero direction. I would love to play Wolverine just because that yeah, would be fun. I super, super that. fun. You know, and also the Logan thing would be cool too. Um, True. And, and, uh, and then just in general, I've always, I've always wanted to... I've always wanted to kind of play the bad guy, you know, just like a bad guy, uh, like in a, in a large film, just for this, the idea that I think the mindset of, you know, a quote unquote bad guy is very interesting. You know, I think that when you start to kind of deep dive into the personalities and stuff, depending on who the actual character is, it, it I don't know, it intrigues me for some reason that I, I would love to, to have the opportunity to play something along those lines. Yeah, getting in the mindset of a bad guy and being able to look at some of the the other actors that get into sort of like a method character, so to speak. I mean, I've heard some wild, wild stories. Oh, absolutely. It's in two, and I think just the just the generic idea of like a bad guy doesn't think they're bad most of the time. You know, they're, they're, that that alone is very interesting, which means you know their thought process to them is normal, and if you head down you know that road i think it would just be fun to play with it really would be and oftentimes the ones that are playing the bad guy they've often got a tortured past but you don't often get to see that that's why i love the joker the latest joker film because you actually got to see the progression of where it actually made from, him yeah. a bad guy in the first place and a lot of it came down to trauma like for sure yeah. so bad guys are these traumaed individuals that are thinking they're doing the right thing by trying to fix the world or some degree, but then you just got some bad people right. <laughs> out there. Well, and, and playing with the idea of not even being aware that your traumas affect you and how they affect you and everything too is, yeah. I mean, on a psychological level, it, it, like I said, I just think it would be very, very fun to kind of head down that road and just see where it takes you with someone depending on who that character is. 
Yeah, man. I think so too. And and to see you as I can see you as Logan and Wolverine is my favorite character from um Marvel, essentially. And yeah, big shoes to fill, but I think you got it, man. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I mean <laughs> it's it would be it would be definitely hard to uh outshine the master or the last Wolverine, but you know it uh it would be it would be fun in terms of superheroes, that would be a cool one to do. You never know, man. Throw your hat in the ring, ask away, and yeah, you never know. But that's my thought process. I'm just gonna keep saying it, and just until somebody gives me a call. <laughs> that's the way, man. Like that's what I've often experienced in my own life. Is if you, if my grandfather say again, you don't ask, you don't get. So True. you won't ever know an answer to something if you don't ask. So yeah, don't be afraid to ask. Essentially, <laughs> but. I wanted to ask you two final questions, man, wrapping this, this conversation up. What do you love the most about yourself and your story? Ooh, um, I think there's a lot of resiliency in there. You know, I, I think that looking back on kind of how this journey started, I was handed a lot initially and at a young age, and I didn't know how to handle some of those things. And I think learning from the mistakes that I made at that young age and kind of learning how to take them and go with it. And then also the resiliency factor of, you know, some of it was kind of taken away on a certain level and things got difficult and, you know, kind of sticking with what I started with. So I'm happy that I've been able to kind of pound away and, you know, get to where I am based on what I've gone through. Man, if I had more time, I'd dig a lot deeper (laughs) and get more out of your story. Uh, Maybe for another time, man, but I think you've got a lot more to your story that is really, really fascinating. But this is my final question for you. It's a hypothetical one. Now, I love asking actors and filmmakers this question, especially but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Wow. Um you know, I think that one thing that means a lot to me is attempting to to give back. So I think that I, I would like to, you know, look back at all of it and see, you know, kind of the effects and what I was able to do with the situation that I have been in and will be in in the future. And, you know, how I've been able to give back and affect people's lives throughout the process of it, whether it was, you know, somebody obviously close to me or somebody that I didn't really know. I just, you know, I think that I, I I try to be very human and personable with people because I think it's easy not to be. So, um, you know, I, I just, I think looking, if I had to look back at that point in time, I think just making sure that, you know, I, I influence people in a positive way and just made them happy, really. Yeah, focusing on humility, man. It's- yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's good. I appreciate you. I appreciate your story. I wish I had more time, like I said before, but thank you so much for your time today, Logan, and your wisdom, your advice, and obviously your story, and for joining me today on the Storybox podcast. Thank you very much, Jay. It was a pleasure. I 
really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guests today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.